It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Bader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Well, hello, 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 and welcome back to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thanks for tuning in to your favorite program of the week. That's right, right here with Dan Mater and Chase Thorne, the man, the myth, the legend, the man who's been holding down the fort the whole time. What's going on, Chase? How are we doing today, buddy? Well, it held down some, held down my bar stool anyway for a couple of weeks. That's about it there. But yeah, hey, doing all right. I've got one eye on my Packers uh, right now. Leading the Chiefs, uh, I'm uh, I'm living the impossible dream here, at least uh, hopefully for another 12 and a half minutes or so. so. Whoop, hey, let's hear you, buddy. Oh, yeah, unmuting will help. Unmuting right. would definitely help. You know what? <laughs> Been a couple weeks. Welcome rocky. back. Yep. Welcome Only back. Only one show. We're getting we're 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 getting there. We're we're in the mix. Uh, yeah. I hate to pull you away from the uh, Packers game, but thanks for joining us. And no, thanks hey, for being I'm on here. here. I'm here. Absolutely. Sacrifice for the art. <laughs> Today's the heroes and zeros. We got the recap show. Of course, today are right and wrong calls. Some of the observational notes we have to get into for each and every matchup. So why don't we go ahead and just start off with that Thursday night game? Our first like really good Thursday night game in forever with our heroes and zeros. Dan's heroes and zeros. All right, starting off. Of course, with the zeros, I guess it has to be Tyler Lockett, right? He's got eight targets, five catches, 47 yards. It wasn't a awful, awful, awful game. But the reason why he has to become a zero for me is because now he's starting to lose time to JSN, like legitimately. He's had 11 targets in this game last few weeks. He's been picking up the pace. And now all of a sudden we see Tyler Lockett starting to fall a little bit more by the wayside we know dk metcalf's gonna do dk metcalf things we'll talk about him in a short minute but if jsn is going to continue to get that 5 to 15 yard type of volume that's going to cut into tyler lockett so that that had to be the zero for me in this one what was yours in the thursday night matchup yeah i mean it's it's hard to call him a zero he wasn't like a roster killer but i agree with you that yeah i mean he's increasingly looking like the third wheel in this pass attack which I mean, when they're performing up to snuff and you have days like today, okay, maybe you can handle have, having him be a third wheel. You didn't draft him to be a number one necessarily. My zero in this game, uh, uh, to be honest with everybody, is the Dallas DST. 
in fantasy. I, they were the consensus number one defense coming into the week. Ranked, I had them there. I was that was dead at ECR at number one. They're defense 21 they scored you negative points in some scoring formats this week uh you definitely did not expect them to give up a 35 spot to seattle so that's my only real zero the only one that i felt i could call a real zero in the game was that dallas dst was just a killer no that and, and that's that's really fair i it's just it, it gets a little tough because you know the dallas is a gambling defense when it goes well it goes really really well for right. them look at the turnovers get the sacks and everything like that but if it doesn't go their way, like Bland showed you on Thursday night, if he decides to gamble, they can get burnt deep too. And then even against the Seattle team, that can put the infliction on them at that. And they got the Eagles next week. We'll have to see how that goes. But yeah, Dallas, the defense that you definitely have been riding for most of this time, you're right. Uh, but let's go to our heroes for this matchup too. Uh, we got a couple of them. The, mostly the wide receiver position. DK Metcalf. Eight targets, six catches, 134 yards, and three hat trick, three touchdowns. CD Lamb coming in with 17 targets, 12 catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown. His hot streak continuing in this game. Just loving the alpha dog wide receivers for me. Who are your heroes in this matchup? Yeah, I'm going to second that DK Metcalf one. Uh, I had a question a live question on twitter somebody asked x whatever the hell uh asking me about four different dudes and dk was one of them and i said go with dk i said i know it's a bad matchup but i'm seven points higher than ecr on him i said i'm betting on the talent here when he took that 73 yard of the house i thought it looked like a good call three quarters later it looked like a flipping great call so i'm gonna i'm gonna take a victory lap on dk myself but uh i'm also gonna throw geno smith out there because listen on a short week when there were six teams on by you may have found yourself scraping the bottom of the barrel. Now, nobody wanted to play Geno Smith, but the dude's quarterback won so far in a week with almost a 30 spot against a, a, a good defense that no one thought he would do. I don't know how many people played him, but good on that dude. I mean, it's not a personal victory lap, but on a short week, he, he, he could have saved a couple of people out there who did play yeah. him with, a, with a 30 spot. So I was, if we're, if we're making it personal, I would have to put him as zero. Cause I was, you know, dead wrong for ranking. I had him at 19, I'll, dude. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I, I had him outside my top 18 too. It just, I was not expecting that type of game against a Dallas by any stretch of the means. No uh, one was. And no, we go in the observational notes. Um, here's my big thing. Talk about quarterbacks. I think Dak Prescott might be the number one owned player amongst championship teams right. this year. Now, their schedule does toughen up over the last few weeks, but he looks like he's on fire. And if they don't play a team that pushes them into the fourth quarter to clutch situations, Dak looks like he's just dealing right now. And I, I don't know that cools down necessarily because while their schedule from an NFL standpoint does tighten up a little bit, from a, a run defense standpoint tightens up a little bit, uh, they have a lot of teams they can throw on. A lot of teams are probably forced to throw on. So I don't know if this goes away right now unless Dak just goes right back to what we saw first five weeks, which... I just don't see that happening. So Dak's probably going to be like the number one player owned championship teams this year. And then Zach Charbonnet gets the knee bruise in this one. Maybe Kenneth Walker's back, but if neither one's back, DJ Dallas is going to be at the top or at least amongst the top in my waiver wire list. There's a little heads up there. What what notes do you have of this game? I mean, yeah, no, I agree with everything you said there. The other thing, I mean, yeah, you want pieces of this Dallas pass offense as long as it's rolling like that. Jake Ferguson should be a locked-in top 10 starter right now uh, across the board. And, yeah, I mean, 
even even you know, even Brandon Cooks on it looked looked like you know a useful piece this week. But Ceedee Lamb just sucking up all those targets. We knew he was a target monster coming from last year. If you paid attention at all last year, he had a giant target share last year as well. If they're going to throw it that many times, yeah, CD could be one of those guys too that that is high up there on that list of guys on championship rosters. Just be, this this offense is can do no wrong right now. Seems like. Yeah, one one hundred percent. All right, so let's let's go to our next matchup. Indianapolis Colts taking on the Tennessee Titans, and what was a doozy of a game—an yeah. overtime matchup, just going back and forth, kickers missing field goals, just so we can get that overtime matchup in this one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, of course. So we got we got to start off with the zeros here in this one, and uh, number one on my list. Was Josh Downs five targets, three catches, fourteen yards? He had made my top thirty. He had fourteen targets the week before, coming back off of his injury. Somebody we've been putting in our flex situation pretty consistently over the past month, in particular, and then this week just didn't deliver on the match we were hoping for. No, I agree with you on that one. I I had Josh inside my top thirty at twenty eight, like you said, right on that flex line there. Uh, unfortunately he kind of had his, uh, I mean, all his points kind of went Alec Pierce's way. Alec Pierce, a guy who hasn't necessarily been present for everything, uh, fantasy wise all season either, but, uh, yeah, it looked, it sure looked like everything that would have gone to Josh went to Alec Pierce's direction this week. Yeah. And then my last zero was, this was Zach Moss because everybody started him, right? He's been an RB1 whenever Jonathan Taylor's not been in the mix. 18 carries, 48 yards, three targets, two catches, six yards. Not the performance you're looking for. The expectation you've had now for Zach Moss this season. He looked like Zach Moss of old. He looked like Zach Moss who got kicked out of Buffalo is what we saw here today. Now, I don't know if that continues. He got hurt for a little bit in this game. He did come back in. We saw a little bit of Trey Sermon. We know he's not really a factor when it boils down to it. I don't know. But what other zeros did you have for this matchup? Well, no, those would have been the two directions I would have gone with that. Zach Moss, I mean, ended up not even being a roster killer based on some of the putrid scoring we saw this week at the position. He still was a flex-worthy player, a low-end running back, too, at running back 23 on the week so far. But you definitely were hoping for more than 7.7 points out of him uh, as a starter based on what he'd been doing. I mean, last week as the as the pure backup and just getting a little bit of scrub time at the end after Taylor's injury, he ended up with nine points. So, yeah, you definitely didn't get what you wanted as Zach Moss. Those are the yeah, those are the two, though. Those are the two from this game. Yeah, 100 percent. All right. So let's go to our heroes. We did some heroes. And just like two, we had two zeros on the Colts side. We did have two heroes. On the Titans side, Derrick Henry getting 21 carries, 102 yards, and two touchdowns on the day. Got evaluated for a concussion injury. Didn't really come back in. From what I am hearing, it doesn't seem too significant, so I think there's a chance we see Derrick Henry next week, but with something we will have to watch throughout the week. My other hero being DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Five catches, 75 yards, and a touchdown. What I like even more than the results that we got was the 12 targets that he received in this game. This is what we want to see. We want to see these two guys getting the volume because this is who you depend upon in your fantasy football lineups. Who are your heroes in this one? Uh, yeah, in addition to those two, I'm going to add Chigo Conquo, who didn't get you a ton of points at 9.4 fantasy points on the day. But again, on a short week with, with six teams on by, I know we picked him up actually in the Belly Up Fantasy Live League uh, because we needed a, a tight end with 
uh, TJ Hawkinson on the buy. And right now he's ranking at tight end seven on the day. I had him ranked down at 19. So personally, yeah, zero bad call by me, but great call by me picking him up in that league because yeah, he ended up a top 10 play on the week, which is what he probably should be closer to. You would think week in and week out with his athleticism. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that as well. Yeah, with the Henry thing, we'll just have to keep our eye on it. Yes. Uh, Tajay Spears, as a result, if you had not picked him had up nice before, yeah. you need to make sure you pick him up. Yeah, was very good in Henry's spell, just like we expected him to be. I mean, this is why he was one of the top handcuffs to have on your team all throughout the years. We knew if Henry missed time, Tajay Spears has the talent to produce. So, I, again, I don't know for sure that Derrick Henry is going to miss next week. It, with a concussion issue, it gets a little bit murky. It's always a possibility, but he definitely is going to have to be on the waiver wireless, especially if you're the Henry owner. And hopefully, if you didn't have Spears before and you were the Henry owner, this will be a wake up call to you to make sure you have him for your play. Get out there and get him. <laughs> yep. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's just, I mean, he's been on my list, Chase, I think every single week at Belly Up MDFF Show, MDFF Show, everywhere else on social media, because he's been less than 50% owned. And he's, he's, he's been good. He's been good and he's been usable even in weeks that Henry has played. There have been weeks where Tajay Spears has been usable yeah. today. Yeah, he got a little bit of extra work after the Henry injury today, but he's a, he's a high, he's a high to mid uh, running back two scoring wise on the week in that role with 12.8 points today. And yeah, and he didn't even see the bulk of the, of the work. If he gets the chance to see the bulk of the work, yeah, you've, you've got a gold on your hands there. So. Love the explosive ability. All right, let's go to our next match. The Chargers and the Patriots. Um, I'm gonna make this. I'm gonna make this real simple. Our uh, zero for this game. I, I do have two guys I listed, but I yeah, just, I'm, just, I'm just gonna say this. Um, we all lost. We all lost in this game. Everybody lost. Everybody was a zero. If you watched this game, it was a zero. If you're a Chargers fan, it was a zero. If you're a Patriots fan, it was a zero. If you owned anyone in this game. It was an absolute zero. Ramondre Stevenson gets hurt. He was off to a great start in the first quarter. Four, four carries, 40 yards, and a fumble, and then he gets hurt on the fumble play. And it's just uh, just, just what a mess that was. Justin Herbert gives you nothing. Austin Eckler just continues to look like, blech, going, going forward here. I mean, he had, what, 14 carries and 18 yards? Yeah. And, looking at here a Keenan Allen I guess if you're a PPR he was okay five catches 58 yards that was there was just nothing there's nothing that you're depending on here fantasy wise Keenan Allen was a borderline flex play today yeah if that and then he was about the only thing in the game that you could count on it, yeah it, it, it was bad so needless to say I don't have any heroes for this matchup but I do have a question for you Chase and that is uh, why is Bill O'Brien still have a job? I'm always in <laughs> offensive coordinators. They get fired. You know, we, we've seen coaches and staffs. So they, they've been they've been rotating. We're at that part of the year now. Yeah, I mean, you think people should be calling for his head? Uh, we want Matt Patricia back. Ramondre Stevenson wise, yeah. anyway. If you're a Ramondre yeah. Stevenson owner, you want Matt Patricia back. Playing up when Stevenson even comes back because that ankle if issue. If he comes back, because yeah. yeah, no. I mean, yeah. So the ankle issue. So uh, this is what I have on the update for that. Uh, a negative on the x ray. So that's the good news. They expect that the MRI is going to show a sprain tomorrow. The degree of the sprain, whether it's a high ankle, low ankle. <clears throat> severity of it you know that those are things that we're going to have to get into throughout the week we're not going to know right now and tonight but uh yeah it's just B bailey zappy starts you still score zero points 
I, I don't even know what the point is of your offense anymore. And why is Bill O'Brien even have a job? Why are we bothering with this thing? It's just, I have so many, like, just why, just why. Right. And there's not a single piece of that offense you want. Even, I mean, even Ramondre healthy, we all know he's a good player, but he's not necessarily able to overcome the situation around him week in and week out. Last week we got lucky on that this week he gets hurt, but yeah, I mean, Zeke Elliott will be popular on a waiver wire pickup articles, but do you want to deal with that? Do you want to chance anything coming out of this new England uh, offense right now? I, I don't. No, not at all. Let's just go to our next game. I don't want to talk about this anymore. This game was ultra exciting. So we had Detroit and the Saints here in this one. And uh, I play in zero music, but there's no point because I have no zeros in this game. I mean, this was just absolutely phenomenal. Let's jump right into the heroes and we'll get into our observational notes. Uh, Chris Olave, not only does he not miss the game from a concussion last week, but he comes in, gets five catches for 119 yards. Blows it out. And you know what? I think it's more impressive than just the fact that he had a 100-yard performance. It was the fact that Derek Carr was not good in this game. He's no. knocked out of this game, I know. We'll, we'll talk about it in a second. But he wasn't good in this game. The Saints offense wasn't that great in this game. And yet, Chris Olave still found a way to get the job done for you like he has for the past month. And so I think it was impressive from that standpoint. And then Sam Laporta. I mean, nine targets, nine catches, 140 yards, and a touchdown out of the tight end position. He's been a little bit due. Hasn't had those big performances over the past couple of weeks. But they're showing you why he has to be a top five tight end every single week, even in his rookie year. So those are my heroes in this game. What were yours? No, you you got to lock him in at that top 10 play, like you said. I mean, Alvin Kamara had an Alvin Kamara day. I had him ranked at three. He's at running back one on the week so far. So, I mean, good for you. But we kind of expect that out of Alvin Kamara. But, yeah, Laporta's got to be locked in top five. I would say... You could give Juwan Johnson a zero on the week because Juwan Johnson was a literal zero in the game, and he was a popular pickup because of the uncertainty over whether Olave would play, and knowing Shahid was out, knowing Thomas was out, there was a lot of speculation that it might be like a Taysom Hill, Juwan Johnson kind of day, and then here comes Jimmy Graham with his second catch of the season, second touchdown of the season, thinking it's, you know, 19... 99 or whatever again because yeah. he's ancient history but that would be the only about zero you could because like you said this was a this was a fun game phenomenal game you didn't get quite what you wanted out of the sun god today you didn't get quite what you wanted out of detroit's backfield but they were still usable pieces and it was a fun entertaining game to watch well yeah, because st brown still scored and david right. still, scored, still scored and gives was still okay even though he didn't get into the end zone uh with his touches and he was explosive the john johnson thing i know i know it wasn't on the show this past week because i was away and I'm, I'm thankful to be back. Uh, but yeah, Joan Johnson was somebody I still had ranked well outside my top 14, even in a heavy bye week. So he wasn't somebody I was considering even a play necessarily. But you're right. He was a common pickup due to the fact that there was some cloudiness as far as what receivers were even going to be available for. The well, I mean, Olave beat the odds in terms of, I mean, even playing because dudes in concussion protocol have not had a good track record this year of coming back the week after the fact that he played uh, after that was, was, you know, beating the odds anyway, let alone then had the game that he had. So, I mean, it, 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 there was a lot of uncertainty surrounding this, this and rightfully so surrounding this uh, saints passing attack, but Hey, you'll take the points where you can get them with a lobby. That was, that was all right there. No, that's fair. Uh, as far as my notes go, Carr gets hurt in this game. Was it shoulder concussion? There was a third back injury. Body. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like just like he had three, literally left the game with three like yeah. officially listed injuries. You don't see that very often. You get one <laughs> official listed injury, you call it a day. You get three officially listed injuries. Uh yeah. and Jameis Winston, I don't I don't know. I'm leaning towards the fact that maybe Jameis Winston will be the starting quarterback next week. You don't love that if you're a Kamar owner, but if you're a Chris Olave owner, that's that's a good thing for you. I mean, he was off targeted in his throws when he did come into the game, but you know Jameis Winston's gonna let it fly. You know he's gonna Trump give him 50 shot balls down yep. the field. So you do love it if you're Olave there. Maybe not so much if you're Kamar, but that's something we're gonna have to watch going into next week on the choice side of the ball i didn't have any notes because i don't really feel like we learned anything new yeah they won right they're good yeah i mean they started out real hot and then they kind of they let new orleans creep back in so they, they they need to keep their foot on the gas and really pound teams into submission here but hey they pulled out a win they're going to run away with the cent with the well, central yeah that's how old i am folks uh the nfc north they're going to run away with it but yeah, like you said, we didn't. I mean, hey, surprise central division. Yeah, <laughs> right. surprise Sam Laporte is good. Surprise they can run the ball. Surprise they're, you know, yeah. Well, surprise who's going to be involved? Like James Wins, uh, James, uh, James Winston, the uh, Jameson Williams gets the end around touchdown. Uh, but still, overall, his usage has not much changed as far as the snaps and his routes run. Like, there's, there's nothing really to read into extra here, right? I think for Detroit. So, let's just go ahead and uh, move on to our next matchup. <laughs> We have another game where I I, I could pretty much just say we, we all as far as our zeros go. I, I'm going to throw Drake London under the bus, though. Five targets, one catch, eight yards. Uh, I think pretty much everybody giving up on Kyle Pitts, giving up on Janu Smith. You, you know, you're playing the running backs and whatnot, but... Drake Leto is somebody you still felt like you could maybe play. You knew it was going to be a tough matchup, but in a heavy bye week, still was probably flexing him in this situation. So I, I will throw him in here as a zero, and then after that, say, well, anytime you have a Jets team, anytime you have an Atlanta Falcons team, generally speaking from a fantasy standpoint, we we all lose just having to watch that catastrophe of a game. Who are your zeros in this one? Yeah, no, he's the only one that I actually had kind of highlighted as a zero. Otherwise, like you said, we're all poorer for having had to watch that. So it's a shame. There's nothing, nothing else to say. <laughs> yeah, I, when you get a game like this, like I can't hit the zero. I can't hit the, uh, the no. heroes music and drop. It, and it, it's, it sucks because I mean, it's they've been frustrating teams to watch all year because we know that Brees Hall has has a ton of talent. Oh, we God. know Garrett Wilson has a ton of talent. We know Kyle Pitts, London. Robinson. We know these dudes are talented, but between the quarterback play they're getting and the play calling that they're getting and the fact that, I mean, yeah, in this game, the fact that the Jets got a good defense, so that's tough enough to go up against the Arthur Smith factor, the Nathaniel Hackett factor, like none of the dudes that have talent in this, in this game could actually do anything with that talent because they weren't allowed to. Right, exactly. And just like, uh, as far as like half point, full point PPR goes, Brees Hall is saving your day. To some degree, because at least he's getting involved in the passing game, especially Michael Carter out of the way. Dalvin Cook's still really just a big zero. He's just kind of there to give Brees Hall a spell here and, what, and there. But why, but why is he still there when you know this team isn't going anywhere and they, they refuse well, to even like look at here. Izzy Abanaconda? Uh, I, I, I hear what you're saying from that standpoint. The uh, the fact is you still have Dalvin Cook on the payroll. You're not going to cut him at this point. You're going to be paying him anyway at this point. So but, so what, what's the difference if you play him or if you get a look at the dude that, that you drafted to you hopefully know, you know be why, a playmaker? You know what it is? It's, it's the outside chance that maybe Aaron Rodgers returns week 16. That, 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 that's that's exactly that's all it is. so much 
bullshit, uh, I, but I, yeah, I, 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 I totally agree, but that's something we do have to deal with week in and week out. Uh, Trevor <laughs> Simeon, not does, me anymore. He's not, he doesn't, he doesn't live here anymore. Well, that, that's I don't true. have to deal with that every week. <laughs> Uh, Trevor Simeon, he does come in in this game. Did bench Tim Boyle. Uh, That's the least shocking development of the week. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much this matters. I think I have a little more confidence in Trevor Simeon as a quarterback. At least he's done it before. He's been able to run a professional offense before. I guess it's your hope. But until this offensive line gets any better, like I just, I'm hoping Brees Hall can bust it. But he, he, he showed you what's going on before when Brees Hall was still like fantasy relevant, he still had to bust that one big play. If that play is not there, the consistency because his offense and his offensive line is so putrid, it's not there for you. It's just not. So Brees Hall, is he still somebody who's an RB2 for me based on the usage, based on the ability? Yes, 100%, but he's a boomer bust RB2. So you're going to have to ask yourself, I think, especially now that we're getting close to the playoffs, one week away from getting into the playoffs at that, is he somebody that you can bank on you need a floor do you need a ceiling and i think that's what you're gonna have to ask yourself week in and week out because their schedule doesn't really get much easier for you going into the playoffs either right and it, it's listen we have we are way past the time of year where you can look at your roster and say but 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 i drafted the guy it, i don't give a flying flip right now where you drafted a guy to play who you drafted where who you traded for a guy you know how much you spent on it does not effing matter it's can you count on this guy to get you some points this week or not? And right now, yeah, you're going to have to take a hard, long look at your roster and ask yourself, does Brees Hall give me the best you know, opportunity here? Does Garrett Wilson give me the best opportunity here to score points at that position? Because they're real flipping questions right now with this, with this New York Jets offense, and there have been questions if you haven't been paying attention. Yeah, 100%. All right, let's go to our next match. <laughs> The Arizona Cardinals and the Pittsburgh Steelers was it a one o'clock game? Was it a four o'clock game? We don't know. It was an all afternoon <laughs> because of the three delays that it had due to the weather that was going on in Pittsburgh. It was absolutely crazy. Uh, I didn't have any zeros in this game, actually. So let's go Ooh. ahead and switch it to our hero. Holly, Hollywood Brown. Well, he got hurt. I know he got hurt, but. Come I don't on, usually dude. okay. I don't usually throw guys who got hurt into the zero counter. Did he burn you with a goose if you played him? Yeah, short one hundred percent. But when you get hurt, I, I don't know. I don't throw him. Yeah, I, I I agree that I normally don't like to do that either. But he did get. I mean, he still had three targets in the game, which tied for the lead among their wide receivers. No, you know that's 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 fair. Did did he feel like a zero if you had him in your lineup? Yeah, no, he did. Yeah. Uh, but let's go to our heroes in this game, James Conner. Two touchdowns, 100 yards, got, got off the side there a little bit. And Trey McBride with a huge game in his performance. How about that? Trey McBride getting back on track. Void issue, be damned. He's going good. He's looking. He is the number one pass catcher for the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, he is. Not Hollywood Brown. Definitely, definitely. And, and he, I mean, he was unstoppable there late in the game. I mean, they, they had that one drive. They, he had to score like three times to actually give him the touchdown. But uh, yeah, he he can do no wrong right now for them. He's he's locked in. And hey, Zach Ertz asked for his release. He was granted his release. He cleared waivers. He is no longer a headache for Trey McBride owners. You don't have to worry about him anymore. So as long as he's healthy, and today he showed it, even when he's banged up, he's healthy. Trey McBride is a locked in guy. Get him in your lineup and and love it. 
Yeah, that was the only hurdle left for Trey McBride owners who yeah. picked him up at the tight end position. It was like, okay, what happens if Zach yeah. comes back? Now you don't have to worry about that at all. That's exactly what you are looking for. They do have a bye week next week. So, it, I mean, yes, it's a pain because it's week 14. You're trying to get into the playoffs. I get it. But if you're playoff bound already, then you you love it because now, okay, now Trey McBride gets to be 100% healthy going into our playoff week. We're set up perfectly for all that. So, yeah, you're happy from every standpoint when it comes to that. As far as our observational notes go, I had pretty much I had in here Hollywood Brown got hurt, reaggravated the heel injury. He desperately needs the bye week. I'm not dropping Hollywood Brown, no. but. He's still somebody that I would not consider anything more than a flex play. Deontay Johnson gets banged up, comes back into the game, is able to score a touchdown. It's a little bit questionable as far as that touchdown goes. But anyway. Well, yeah, it was a makeup call from last week. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't get credited with the touchdown. Did come back in after the injury. So that's the good news with Deontay Johnson, who still, with the Steelers offense, with the way they've been operating, and now it may be Mitchell Trubisky for the next two to four weeks as we find out because Kenny Pickett's going to need surgery to help his ankle out. And it's, it's short-term surgery, I guess you could say. But for pretty much for your fantasy football playoffs, you're looking at George Pickens, you're looking at Deontay, you're looking at any of this backfield. Mitchell Trubisky's going to be the starting quarterback now moving forward. That's going to adjust some things. Was that just for you? I'm I'm not sure yet how much it adjusts things for me because I just think that Deontay Johnson is, is, is going to be the target hog in this offense no matter you know what's going on but what i do look at here is that you know i mean hey Najee harris last week had a phenomenal week in his first in his first week with you know without matt canada without having to deal with that and this week you look at their usage and i mean Najee separated himself a little bit more than he has in the past now he he wasn't efficient uh like he was last week jalen warren still looked like you know explosive in that but Najee well, is not going away. And I, I think that Najee is better without Mac. I mean, like most of them are probably in Pittsburgh, but I like Najee a lot more after Matt Canada's def, uh, you know, disappearance than I do necessarily Jalen Warren right now. I know that we've all been, I had Jalen Warren ranked ahead of him this week by two spots. I don't know that I'll be ranking Warren ahead of Harris going forward here. I think they're both usable as, as like running back to flex options going forward. But I, I actually like Najee more, I think, going forward. And, hey, if it's Mitch Trubisky in there, he's got to be more effective. I think he's got to be more effective than, I than think to be that honest with you. I think it's going to depend on the game script. I do. I, I think it's going to depend on the game script. The, the negative game scripts, I do think it's going to be more Jalen Warren. We'll see that more often. Um, but I am with you. If it's, it's neutral game scripts, we're going to see a little bit more of Najee Harris, at least as far as the volume is concerned. But Jalen Warren is still getting seven yards carried. In this game, like nothing's changed. No, big time. But they were trailing in this game, they and they didn't like just turn to Jalen Warren and and say, "Oh, we're gonna throw it your way all the time," or we're gonna let the guy who we think can, is more of a home run hitter go. They stuck with Najee, so they did. You're one hundred percent. Neither one of them is going away. A mistake on their part, but, but yeah, that was that's definitely what happened. All right, let's go to our next match. <laughs> Carolina Panthers taking on the Tampa Bay Bucks. This game went as about as I expected. Adam Thielen came in as a wide receiver three for me, but I should have been even lower on him. I should have known better. Yes. yes. Thomas Brown comes in. I've been saying this the whole time. Thomas Brown calls plays. Adam Thielen gets less than five yards target. It's no different today. Six targets, three catches, 25 yards. And, you know, they, uh, you fire Frank Reich. 
I don't think that improved anything. I, I really don't. I, what does that improve? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, where are you better off this week than you were last week, except now you have turmoil at the top of your, you know, coaching yeah. staff. And, yeah, Any other series your... in this game? Other than Thielen, I mean, honestly, other than Thielen, no, because a lot of people gave you exactly what they either outperformed or gave you exactly what you thought they were going to give you. Like, quite literally, my, my rankings for this game were almost dead on per the number for every dude outside of Thielen, who I was, way, like you said, way too high on, and Chuba Hubbard, who I was way too low on, but we might talk about him in a second. Yeah, well, let's let's just go ahead and hit him off because that was the big hero of the day. 25 carries over 100 yards and two rushing touchdowns in a tough matchup, by the way, on the ground against yeah. Camp Bay Buccaneers. That's what. But here's the thing about Hubbard. Like, you're a hero today. We've seen this before. Who the hell knows what will happen next yeah, week? Yeah, especially start to lean on the guy. Miles Sanders gets more involved. He disappears. It's all of a mess. But for today, at least, if you're forced to use Hubbard, and you might have been. I had him inside my top 36. You, you're happy with what you got today. So he was definitely a big hero for me. Mike Evans just continued to do Mike Evans things. 12 targets, 7 catches, 162 yards, and a touchdown. He's just performing every single week. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no other way to put it. He's Baker Mayfield's favorite target. Baker better be buying him, yeah, a Rolex or whatever after the season or during the season even for, for inflating his numbers too and maybe keeping him in a job. Uh, but, yeah, it, Mike Evans has been just absolutely phenomenal. If you have not been paying attention, you need to you need to because a 1,000-yard season, again, 10 straight years, every year he's yeah. been in the league, Mike Evans gets a 1,000 yards like clockwork, except this year he got it with, you know, a quarter of the season still left, so. Well, I, not just that. This is the most impressive because Baker Mayfield is starting quarterback. <laughs> like, like you did we this with Baker being the starting quarterback. You, you that's Hall of Fame for me. You are now crowned. <laughs> now before yeah. Mike Evans, you are now officially crowned Hall of Fame because you're able to do this with Baker Mayfield. I'm sorry, but you are. Uh, my only know here, Carolina. I kind of hit on it with the Adam Thielen thing, but like it, Chris Tabor's the head coach. Thomas Brown's back to being the offensive coordinator, and it's just. Outside of like you getting forced into having to play one of these running backs, who are you trying to play right now? Because they're clearly with Thomas Brown there, there's clearly an agenda to get Jonathan Mingo the ball. But Jonathan yeah. Mingo and Bryce Young are not good enough for me to sit there and actually want to play Mingo anytime soon. I mean, I guess Mingo at this point will be rosterable because of the usage that he gets, but I don't know when you're going to play him. No, yeah. Yeah, who, yeah, who, who at this point are you going to play him over? That's not already that's already on your roster. I mean, he, yeah, he was a low end wide receiver two today, in in what might have been his best total game, top to bottom as a pro. He had twelve point nine points. Like, who the hell do you want to play him over right now with any confidence? Nobody like I said before you need confidence going here into the playoffs. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you. I mean, he's possible, but you don't maybe. want to that, that, well, that, dynasty that, leagues. Yeah, dynasty yeah. leagues. You probably feel a little better about things right now. But that's it. Like, so this is what I get caught up with. Like our industry, like we always talk about usage, and it is very important. Usage is the best predictor for for weeks to come. But when it comes to certain guys, I don't care how much you utilize. Because I know exactly how you're going to utilize it. It's not in a fantasy productive way, ultimately, at the end of the day. At least not in a way when we're going into fantasy football playoffs that you're going to be actually trusting anybody. Is John yeah, rosterable because of his usage? Probably. But I don't know when you're plugging him into your starting lineup with two teams on by next week in your playoffs after that. No, exactly. And, and listen, 12 targets per game 
from Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback is much different than 12 targets per game with Kenny Pickett as your quarterback in terms of just like catchable type balls, things like you've, you've, there's deeper, there's deeper layers to this than just looking at, Oh, Hey, he got to touch the ball a, a ton of times. Jonathan Mingo, it, it's encouraging for his future. And you know, Hey, maybe he can turn into the guy that they drafted him, but I'm not, I'm not wanting to gamble on that at this point in the season. Had we seen this kind of thing happening, week three, four, and five, it might, might've been a different story, but right now I, I, I need to see it happen more often. And we we're running out of weeks to see it happen more often. Breaking news. Yeah. I mean, for those of you who don't know, if you're watching us on the YouTube live stream, uh, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe and hit the bell notification. If you're listening to the podcast, we record this episode on Sunday night. So it's while the Sunday night game is going on. Christian Watson just went, got an injury. Yeah. Non, non-contact. Yeah. They're saying possibly hamstrings. Uh, we'll have to. Yeah. It, it looked like it. He, he grabbed the, he clutched the back of his leg. He was, he was on a, uh, on like an end around and he ran for a first down. He was trying to stay in bounds. And as he tried to make his cut, he uh, he kind of crumpled awkwardly to the ground and kind of reached back initially, which is probably a better sign than me in terms of long term. But uh, we may or may not see him here for the next week or two this or is several. Because you know you had Jordan Love is finally starting. He was to play playing better. like a champ. Yeah. He's finally starting to play better. Uh, so disappointing to see that. We'll see what definitely what comes what comes of that over the week to develop. I, I tried I tried not to throw a fit on air. <laughs> <laughs> figured i had to throw you a bone there because i know you're watching that game closely while we're trying to do this uh let's go to our next matchup <laughs> the dolphins and the washington commanders pretty one side of the fair uh terry mclaurin goosed you so that's that's the number one zero right there Go- goosed you like, yes I don't know if I was expecting as big of a game. In fact, I wasn't because I had him ranked lower than ECR this week. But I was not expecting a goose in a game which I expected to be pretty high scoring. And ultimately, it was. My other one, though, is Waddle. Now, while statistically Waddle didn't completely screw you over because he did have the five catch, 52 yards. Yeah, but he kind of did, though. Tyree Kill go off the way he is. And it's the Washington Commanders, and you're waiting for Waddle to have these big bust-out games that are just not coming. This is a game which you're expecting it to come. He had at least one big drop in the game, too, where he could have had more yards, could have had – he could be doing better. And just all season, it's kind. he's kind of just been just slightly below where he probably should be and way below where we kind of want him to be, especially the way that this offense is is performing as a whole – um, yeah, just, yeah, he was, he was way disappointing, but even, I mean, even so he got you over double digit points, so he didn't kill your roster, but Terry McLaurin, you definitely weren't expecting a zero and you were definitely expecting more than three targets in a game. You knew they were going to be trailing pretty much from the time they got off the guy learn bus. Yeah. So, I, I'm what's all going on Bring the ball out and getting the mismatch, yeah. but there's, but time your best, you, you need to get your best player the receiver. Yes. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's frustrating from that standpoint. Uh, let's talk about our heroes though. So my heroes for this game, obviously Tyree Kill, seven, seven targets, five catches, 152 yards, two touchdowns. The, the guy's just unreal on his career pace. He called it from the get go, and unless he gets hurt, there's no reason to think he's not going to get to his 2,000 yards at this point. Uh, the other one being Devon Achan. If you went back to the well after last time, you got burned. You were paying out dividends this time around. 17 carries, 73 yards. And two touchdowns, the 17 carries 
really being the key for me in this one, getting that kind of volume. What were your heroes in this one? Yeah, he was a personal zero for me because I had him way down in the 30 still, and I was scared off. I was one of those people who owns him in my home league and was scared off, but I'm still going to pull out a win, so I dodged that bullet. My personal hero uh, right now today from this game, I'm going to go with Sam Howell because not just from the standpoint of a short week, but I had him ranked at number 10. He's quarterback seven on the day pending the outcome here of the night game. But Sam Howell scored you a couple of rushing touchdowns. No, he didn't throw the ball great. No, he didn't get the ball to Terry McLaurin. But he's mobile enough that he was able to escape this defense, get free, get you points. And we don't care how the points are scored necessarily as long as they're scored. Sam Howell, a top 10 play this week. Uh, and like I said, it's a personal hero and a personal win for me because I had him ranked there as well. So. Yeah, it works out. Gets two rushing touchdowns, and that, like you said, that's all you really need. It's the thing about Sam Howell this year is that if he's not getting it done through the air, he's getting it done with his legs. And right, you know, he's I, still I among the league leaders in, in in passing yardage. Yeah. So he is proving that he can play the position and get the ball, you know, out and downfield. And then from in our world, we love to see a guy that can use his legs at that position. And Sam Howell is that guy, kind of sneakily. So I mean, we didn't necessarily expect him to be kind of as effective as he has been running, but no, I'm, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic in him like dynasty wise going forward. Sure. Uh, my notes for this game talking about Devon a chance usage. So him and Raheem Moster, Moster outworked him a little bit in the first half, but it was a series by series rotation. And then once they had the game well in hand, they kind of let a chance get going in the second half of this game, which is really when he put up the majority of his fantasy points to begin with. But uh, it just shows you that one, he's definitely healthy. And two, uh, he's still the, I would say, the 1B to Raheem Hosert's 1A when all things are equal, but that's only when all things are equal. So to kind of keep that in mind as far as what your expected game scripts are concerned when the Miami Dolphins are taking the field. My other note for this game is that you can't look at the Dolphins' defense as a team that you want to take advantage of. The, with with Jalen Ramsey back and Howard on the other side, this is not a team you can attack on the perimeter very easily. The slot receiver is going to be the key, is going to be who you're going to want to have when going up against the Miami Dolphins and still the running game. Still, the running game can still be had here against the Dolphins as well, but this is not a defense which you look at and say, hey, you know what? High-scoring points, I want everybody I possibly can, unless, of course, they're studs to begin with and you're playing them regardless. Regardless, but this is not an easy matchup. And I think you need guys need to keep that in mind as we go into our playoff weeks coming up. Yeah, no, their rankings have been right outside the top 12 everywhere, except at running back. Like you said, they're to, they're a tough, tough matchup. Uh, they're, they're a bottom 11, bottom 12 type matchup there uh, at the running back anyway. But you know, in the other ones, I mean, yeah, they're, 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 they're right there. I mean, they're, they're not a great matchup defensively, like you said, and that's not necessarily the case for some of these other elite offenses that have been playing and you know people are playing from behind and throwing the ball all over the place Miami can't necessarily be had that easily so yeah I agree with you it's something you're going to kind of want to watch going forward yeah 100% all right so let's go to our next match Denver Broncos and the Houston Texans competitive game all the way throughout I don't have any zeros in this game do you no, not necessarily. I mean, Devin Singletary didn't get you any points, but he's right dead on where I had him uh, pegged for the day. Anyway, I had him at, yeah. I had him ranked at 26. He was running back 28 coming into the night game here. Um, so, Hey, you know, you know, otherwise you got pretty much across the board where you thought these guys were going to hit. So no, nobody, I killed agree with that. Roster. nobody killed your roster today. 
Right, exactly. The only thing that sucked was was Tank Dell, who again got hurt though, and that's why he wound up getting you uh, a zero in this that, one. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That that was a can't help situation. Unfortunately, a broken fibula or a fractured fibula. Done, I should say. Done, so he, yeah. he's done for the rest of the year, which is really a shame because he's been a really lot of fun to watch. But the guy who was a hero in his place, <laughs> Miko Collins, uh, twelve targets, nine catches, one hundred and ninety-one yards. And a touchdown in this game. And if Daytale's going to be gone the rest of the year, that frees up targets for somebody else. And that number one receiver for this offense should be Nico Collins more weeks than not. Now, we'll talk about Noah Brown in just a second. But for now, Nico Collins might be entering high in wide receiver two, if not top 12 wide receiver territory from here on out for the rest of the season. So that was the big hero for me in this game. What do you got? No, I, I agree with you. And like you said, in the absence of Tank Dell, I had him ranked top 12 this week anyway uh, with Dell in, the, in my top 10 at seven. But in the absence of Tank Dell in this prolific passing offense with the way C.J. Stroud's been playing, now that Noah Brown is back and they still have Robert Woods there, then you know they're going to get Dalton Schultz back at some point. Nico Collins yeah, is, is turning, will be an absolute rocket to the moon. Yeah, well, I just... Yeah, it's tough for Tank Tail, but at the same time, Nico Collins, if, if you he's been kind of like hit or miss ever since like that first six weeks of the season. He's back to being what you had earlier in the year. It's it might be a gem that actually propels you for the rest of your playoffs. My notes though go with is that I, I don't sleep on Noah Brown. Now, I know he didn't do anything in this game. I don't think you were depending upon him to do anything in this game. I think he was more of a stash going into this week right. than anything else. But he played. He didn't have a setback. If Tank Dell is going to be out, we've seen this Texan receiver group. When somebody's out, the target share gets consolidated around the other guy. So if Noah Brown is going to be healthy next week and he doesn't have a setback this week, I think Noah Brown somebody we're going to be talking about as potentially a top 24 wide receiver, not just this week coming up, but the following weeks after that. I know they have a tough matchup. I think they play the Jets next week. I know it'll be a tough one, but outside of that, the target share is there for Noah Brown if he's healthy enough to take advantage, and we know he can eat alongside. We have seen it, yes. We've already seen it. So, nope, I agree completely. And then you brought the Singletary thing. It was my other note here. You brought the Singletary thing. Wasn't really as prolific as we've seen him be. Damian Pierce actually had more touches than Damian <laughs> yeah. Singletary. What, and the Damian Pierce thing isn't really what bothers me. What bothers me is the Aguna Bale thing. Is that <laughs> they seem determined to get his ass in the game yeah. and not just as a kicker. They put him in there a lot. Now, he only, he only had two opportunities. But, yeah, they they kept kind of shoving Dario Aguna in. Though. Was that... It was red zone opportunities. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, 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 yeah. The Damian Pierce Singletary split. I said last week, we couldn't tell anything from what happened because they didn't run the ball enough to be able to actually see what that split was going to look like with both of them healthy. Now that we see both of them healthy and we see Damian Pierce take a 15 to eight split in terms of the rushing attack. I'm a little worried because Singletary, should be the dude, but it doesn't look like he's going to be the dude. So basically stay away from both of them and just focus on the pass attack in Houston. Yeah. I think you still have to continue to roster both because if one gets hurt, yes, yes. Gets the volume, yes. uh, but until somebody is injured, or there's just one guy getting the volume. I don't think you can play either one of these guys right now either. So they're both roster stashes at the moment, unfortunately eating into each other. All right, let's go to our next matchup. <laughs> Yeah. 
We got the Cleveland Browns, Los Angeles Rams, the Rams taking care of business at home. I, I don't have a zero in this game. Do you? I mean, David Njoku didn't do anybody any favors. I had him ranked at six for the week, and he was nine, he's tight at 19 coming into the night. But... Week. What? Uh, you have six of the week. He's got thir- he had 33 targets coming into today, and I figured Joe Flacco, Captain Checkdown, would be looking his way and Ford's way and Hunt's way all damn day. Oh, Chase, we would have had a showdown, buddy. We, we would have had a showdown. But we didn't, so. <laughs> but we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were living it up half a planet away, so yeah. up your ass. Yeah, you're like you're very very lucky. All right, let's let's switch it to the heroes. Let's switch it to the heroes. Okay, Kyron Williams, baby. This is not an easy matchup against the Cleveland Browns. 88 yards, touchdown, five targets, three catches, 24 yards, and just to kind of hint into my note a little bit here, dominated the carries again, dominated the touches again, dominated the snaps again. We we, we were a little bit worried last week. Boris Freeman was kind of worked in along with Kyron Williams. Not this week. It was back to being the total 100% Kyron Williams show. He's a must-start every single week, regardless of matchup. And Puka Nakua, is he now better than Cooper Cup, regardless of availability? Seven targets, four catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown in this game. Not to mention the rushing, yes. the rounds that he was getting in this one, too. And in and out, he had a lot up with a rib injury. Pukunakua, a big hero for me in this one. What do you got? Nope. That, yeah, that was my hero was Kyron Williams. You could have put Pukunakua up there. He's a personal zero because I had him ranked at 27. I also had him as a guy that I was leery of starting with Cooper Cup, you know, playing in the game. But, uh, hey, you know, let give credit where it's due. Pukunakua had a great game. And, yeah, I mean, there, we might be seeing a bit of a change into the guard there in terms of who's the the true alpha dog in that in that lineup. Now you're gonna have to you're gonna have to keep watch on Cooper Cup, no matter you know what you think of Puka Nakua. Uh, opposing defenses have to account for Cooper Cup if and when he's on the field. But uh, yeah, it it's it's arguable. It's it, it's it's not the ridiculous statement that it would have sounded probably you know three months ago. I mean. It- Cup scores in this game, so that, that's the good news. He played Cup, he did score a touchdown in this game, but the fact is the usage, the the, the overall opportunities, they haven't been there. It is Puka now. I, Puka's yeah. going to be the guy I have ranked ahead in this lineup until something changes. I don't know if it's just Cup doesn't want to open it up completely because of the hamstring issue. Leary, yeah, Leary of the injury. Or, yeah. But he's definitely missing a step. Regardless of how you want to break down, whatever the reason may be, he is missing a step right now, and it's affecting the play. It's affecting his volume on the field. He is not a wide receiver one, and I think it's going to come into question whether or not week in, week out, he can even be considered a wide receiver too. Therefore, I think we're talking about Cooper Cup as a guy who might be looking in the same lens of a Adam Thielen, where uh, he's not always going to be a must-start. And I think it's going to have to look at this. So between the two right now, who are you more confident having in your lineup, Austin oh, Eckler or Cooper Cup? Oh, Austin Eckler or Cooper. Uh, well, I think, so because the running back situation, the landscape of the running back field, I think you're still going to have to be forced into playing Austin Eckler, no matter what the case may be. Uh, but you know, right. it's, it's a good comparison. I mean, listen, there was that kind of joke that came out when they played the Packers, and that's just by complete coincidence that, you know, don't read anything into that, me being a homer or anything. That run that he had, that one play that he had down the sideline where he looked like a fullback running through freaking molasses to sound like an old man. Uh, 
ever since that that game, I mean, like he hasn't looked necessarily the same. And I don't know, it, like that play wasn't the trigger, but that play was kind of like the giant red waving flag to be like, Austin Eckler doesn't necessarily look like the Austin Eckler we all have grown to know and absolutely love in fantasy. He has not proven himself to be that locked down every week must start and like by default, put him in the top four of your rankings every week like that. Um, Cooper cup kind of aim in that same direction right now where we always just kind of assumed, Oh, if, if Cooper's healthy, get him in the lineup, get him in the lineup. <laughs> he had, he's not giving you that right now. And this is not the time of year to be playing around with that kind of thing. No, not, not, not at all. So yeah, again, it's going to be dependent on your matchup, depending upon your options. Yes. I think you're going to have moving forward when we're talking about Cooper cup, uh, as far as my notes go in this game, we talked about Kyron Williams already. So my other only note that I want to hit on is, uh, Joe Flacco offers hope. Now, Amari Cooper got banged up in this one, that, <laughs> but yeah, we're going to have to watch him, but, uh, I'll, Elijah Moore had 12 targets. So we think Amari Cooper is going to miss next week. Elijah Moore is going to be my top 36. Like he's going to be a flex play. He's going to be a wide receiver three. He he saw he saw a career high in targets today and by far a high in targets since he's been a, a Cleveland Brown. Yeah. And this is probably the most competent I've seen the passing attack for the Cleveland Browns look all season with Joe yes. Flacco coming off the couch. And he and he's got some work to do too, but because he's come off the flipping couch, he made a couple of unfortunate throws the interception that kind of basically ended the game was a terrible throw but it, the communication on that might have been off too we, we will have to wait so and see. clear and obvious to me so like i i know technically speaking joe flacco's list is number two in the depth chart he starts this game because dtr was out due to concussion he's my age there's no way that you can look at this game and say to yourself mm, mm, DTR, dtr gives us a better DTR. chance to win no chance yeah. No chance. Joe Joe Flacco looked far and away like the best quarterback they had outside of Deshaun Watson this entire season. And, and, and yeah, and this, and this loss hurt them. This loss hurt them, but it did not kill them in the playoff. Like they are still very much yeah. in the thick of it in the hunt. They have everything to play for. They still have that defense. Today's performance not necessarily withstanding, but they still have that defense. They still have Jerome Ford. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you completely. That today was, I mean, a glimmer of hope. He was a low end. Quarterback one on the day. If you Despite, have Amari Cooper, yeah. if, yes. you, if you pick up Elijah Moore, you have hope. That's pretty much what Boyle said. You have hope. And that's something we haven't really had much of coming out of the Cleveland Brown. No, I agree. Uh, let's go to our last and final matchup for today's show. <laughs> San Fran, baby. Oh, yes. San Fran. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's just beautiful. All right. I got to hit the zeros. First. Sorry. I got to hit the zeros. Okay. Uh, DeAndre Swift. Yes. He was the zero in this game. Didn't get hurt until the end of the game, so he still makes my zero list because only five carries, 13 yards, six targets, two catches, and 70 yards. And as bad as this game was, He's not just a zero for me this week because of this one match against a tough San Fran defense. Is the fact that really since DeAndre Swift had his big explosive games earlier in the year, and you've had these higher than reality expectations week in, week out because of those games, he has not been performing to what you need him to be. And our expectation now for Swift, even if he's healthy and back on the field, and we're going to have to get into all that throughout the week too because Gainwell might be a top pickup as a result. Big time. It, he might only be an RB3 now 
a, a, a outside the top 24 guy moving forward type of deal. That's what we talk about with DeAndre Shook. So he's a zero for me on multiple levels. What'd you have in this game? Yeah, no, he he was the one zero I had listed from this game too. And like you said with Kenneth Gainwell, if Gainwell is the starter, <laughs> thank you, John. Yeah, sorry. Hey, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, listen, if Gainwell's the starter, Boston Scott sees much more time. Rashad Penny might actually see the active roster on game day because none of those guys offers you what DeAndre Swift does in total package. DeAndre Swift has been used not just in that DeAndre Swift Detroit role where they throw in the ball occasionally. He's been their bell cow guy. He's become that for them. And if it's anybody but him in the starting quote unquote role for Philadelphia, that means the other guys are going to get much more run than they did before. So like you said, even if Gainwell ascends to that starting role on the, you know, in your program, it doesn't necessarily make him a top option in fantasy, even on an offense as prolific as Philadelphia generally is. I agree with that completely. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you have to kind of look at it here. All right. So let's switch to our heroes of the week. Devo Samuel. I can pick many heroes, but Devo Samuel is the biggest one. Four targets, four catches, 116 yards, two touchdowns to the air. Oh, by the way, three carries, 22 yards, and one rushing touchdown (laughs) this week as well. The hat trick for Debo Samuel. This is why I had Debo Samuel in my DFS DraftKings lineups. This is why I had Debo Samuel ranked ahead of Brian Ayuk for this particular week. He had this game circled in his calendar. It was no doubt in my mind Debo Samuel was going to be the big winner this week, and he absolutely was in every level of it. it absolutely incredible for him. What you got in this game? No, you, you know better than maybe anybody. I am not a Debo guy. I have not been a Debo guy. I've been vocal on the idea that I thought Debo was overdrafted at his, at his ADP in preseason, but I did have him ranked ahead of Ayuk by one spot. I had them both in the top 10 this week and uh, Debo definitely delivered on that. I was four points higher than ECR and he even outshot that for me. So yeah, I Debo is, is by far my hero. Although there were, there were many offensive heroes in this game, as we kind of expected, this was a game where if you had an offensive weapon in this game, put the dude in your lineup, not that you were going to not anyway, but regardless of the matchup with San Francisco, even your, even your Philadelphia Eagles, I mean, scored and scored well. So no, this was, this was a fun game to watch. I don't know why anybody would have been watching anything but this game in the late window. Yeah, unless you had two TVs, which, you know, I do. Uh, there's no way I wouldn't have had this game and Red Zone, you know, like not on. Like that's that's is the only focus game. I came back from Thailand to my two TVs, Buffy. <laughs> even, even, even if I wasn't a 49er fan, <laughs> I still would have had this this game on. The this was, this was the game to watch. This, this, was, the this was the game to watch. And from a fantasy standpoint, I, I my observational notes are blank because – we didn't learn anything new from this. We game. knew these two teams were ex- offensive juggernauts and everybody that should have scored, scored a point. So, right. Yeah. You, you know, you're playing Chris McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk and Devo Samuel and George Kittle and, and Brock Purdy. You know, you're playing Jalen Hurts week in and week out who got hurt for a little bit, came back into the game. So you're not as concerned about him moving in the next week. Uh, we know you're playing AJ Brown, Devonta Smith. So like you didn't learn anything extra in this game other than maybe if your expectation for DeAndre Swift was a top 20 running back beforehand, maybe we right. need to start shifting that to being more of a higher end RB3 where you're debating upon whether or not he's a flex play or or just an automatic start in your lineup. That's the only thing for me in this game that may have changed. I am oh, disappointed that with, with the blowout that this thing became that that Kyle Juszczyk didn't get a, an opportunity inside the red zone. 
because I like to see me some Kyle Juszczyk. Oh, man. Stumbling, stumbling. <laughs> this, this, was a, this was a great game to watch, fantasy-wise, for you as a 49er fan. For the rest of us, great. We got to see the top team at least get knocked off in a new, t- a new team ascent. So, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, so I, look, from an NFL standpoint, Philadelphia Eagles, they still hold on to the best record in the right NFC. They yep. still only have the two losses. They get Dallas next week. And, and I will say this. If they don't lose to Dallas next week, I don't know if the Eagles lose again. No, that, yeah, year. no, I, I Yep. You got Seattle Giants twice, Arizona outside of that. Like they don't, there, there's nobody to lose to. So if the Dallas, if the Cowboys don't beat them, the Eagles still might wind up with the number one seed by the time it's all said and done. But right. this does make you think that maybe, regardless of record, San Fran might be the number one team in the NFC. So it, it's that that's right, the right, there. right. right. Uh, it, it should definitely be a more competitive game if and when they meet in the playoffs than it was last year. I said this is going to be our final game, but typically speaking on this show, the Sunday night game doesn't end so abruptly. It already did. So, you know what? Let's go ahead and recap that Sunday night game. And we're doing we're doing this on the fly. We're doing this on the fly. But I do have a zero in this game, uh, and that would have to be Jaden Reed. Four catches, 15 yes. yards on five targets. Somebody who I've actually moved up and ranked him ahead of the other Packer wide receivers because of the usage, the Swiss Army blade, the Debo Samuel blade, if you will, that he has been having. This is not the game for him. And I, I, it doesn't change anything for me moving forward because in Jane Reed's case, Christian Watson, we'll get into it in a second. We may be missing some time. We'll have to see. But, yeah, Jane Reed was the only disappointment for me in this one. You got any zeros in this game? Uh, no, because I'm just I'm too thrilled with how the whole thing went down. And plus, like you said, everybody that should have scored basically ex- outside of Jaden Reed. And he was still much more effective on the real field than he was fantasy wise. Sure. So, I mean, yeah, he, it's not like he played a terrible game. He just we have become to think of him as the most consistent of those big, big three Packer receivers, Dobbs, Watson and, and Reed. And he definitely did not give you the, that kind of uh, scoring usage tonight. So. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, let's 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 switch to the heroes. I know that's what Chase wants to talk about. I'm sure Christian Watson, despite the injury, right? Seven catches, 71 yards, two touchdowns on, on nine targets in this game. And I guess let's throw Isaiah Pacheco in there, who got ejected in this game, by the way, if you did not see it. But <laughs> a personal carries. foul on a possible turnover. <laughs> yeah. 18 yeah. carries, 110 yards, and a touchdown. He had a big week in this one, too. So what's your heroes in this game, Chase? Go ahead. Uh, Jordan Love, who has been much maligned in, you know, in the public opinion and the public eye, is now your quarterback five on the week. He has another game with three touchdowns, no interceptions today. Threw for 267 yards against a team that that you know had been very effective against the pass. Uh, so yeah, I I mean, listen, everybody wearing green and gold was a, a hero tonight because they are now in the playoffs uh, playoff picture. Yeah, legitimately, not just like they're not just on the graphic, like hanging out on the bottom right of the graphic, like they're actually in playoff position right now. And things fell pretty well for them today across the rest of the league. So. You can take a victory lap at the top of the playoff standings right now, but I'm going to take one lower on because I we don't we we did not think we were going to be here this year. Um, I still have no illusions of the idea that the Packers could and would do anything in the playoffs, but making the playoffs in year one under Jordan Love would be a gigantic, uh, you know, like like step forward. That would be that would be major progress for this for this team. No, I mean, talk about quarterback who, who we all kind of like resigned that he wasn't the guy. 
He just wasn't the guy. And right. also the past month, he's been playing a lot better. And even for fantasy purposes, he's somebody now you have to pay attention to and probably should be rostered. I know he's been on my waiver wire graphic for the last couple of weeks in a row. I have had no illusions about where Jordan Love has been trending as far as his right. performance has been uh, either. We'll see what the Christian Watson thing does, but I think he's still got enough weapons. Like you still have Jaden Reese, you still have Romeo Dobbs. You're getting enough out of A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones's absence. And he's just he just looks more confident right now over the past few weeks uh, they, they're starting to grow together they're starting to actually yeah. exactly what green bay's upper you know office front office was hoping would happen is starting to come to fruition i've said it before that they've been justified already in the fact that like the the receivers that they've drafted the talent they brought in a receiver is legitimate talent across the board like all of those guys even their lower end guys like dontavian wicks uh but they're starting to finally grow together and that's having a major effect on Jordan loves usability and fantasy over the last five games. He's quarterback six overall. I mean, he's trending in the right direction and giving fans like me hope that he might be able to be a guy. I can't still can't say the guy, but a guy going forward. Yeah. Definitely a lot more confidence than he had earlier on my other, only other note for this game. Well, I guess two notes. Uh, one would be Rasheed Rice continues to be the top target. He's establishing so himself with Michael Cartman out of the way. He's allowed to play the slot all game long, and now he gets nine targets in this game. Eight catches, 64 yards, starting to establish himself as the guy opposite of Travis Kelsey of stars being that dude. And then the other note would just be staying on the Chiefs side of the ball. Patrick Mahomes continues to just be Mediocre for fantasy football purposes. He's a great NFL quarterback. There's no doubt about it. But for fantasy football purposes, without having another explosive weapon next to Travis Kelsey, he just has to do too much too perfectly for him to actually put up points. And uh, you're playing him every single week, but he's a low-end QB1 the rest of the year. He's, he's not. I don't think he's going to be responsible for winning any championships. No, and that, and that hurts big time because that's not what we drafted him as, and that's wow. not what we've come to think of him as. But you know, like you said, now Rasheed Rice, I think, is establishing himself as a as a you know a top option on that team, and he should be. But they really do need a complement on the outside w- uh, with him. I mean, we know what Travis Kelsey can do. We've seen now what Rasheed Rice can do, and it looks like in the last few weeks that they're finally allowing him to kind of blossom into that top role in their past game, but they really do need someone else because I I can tell you for damn sure we all know that it ain't. MVS so far it's not Sky Moore he's just not the guy that you know that we maybe hyped him to be so far you don't have to say so he can't stay healthy was it yeah he's just yeah and and, I mean Justin Watson Kadarius Tony like they're just not they don't have that they they really do need one more guy it feels like to really unlock this whole offense because Pacheco has really become a weapon in the backfield and and I don't think there's any question that they've that I many they've they've literally got dudes everywhere they need except they need one more guy on the outside in that pass game to really make this thing go. Yeah, one hundred percent. We got a comment coming in from Z Money. I need Mixon and Etn to combine for thirty-seven points. He doesn't tell us what scoring format he's in, but even in full point PPR, look, you got two running backs going in the Monday night game. That's the good news. Point that can be had. It's not yes. impossible. You're gonna need a big game. Out of, or at least a good game out of both of them, or a big game out of one of them. I, I think you got a better chance at Travis Etienne delivering you closer to the goodies. Your key is Mixon's going to have to score. And I don't know if Mixon scores. I don't know if Cincinnati has the ball enough for him to score. Has enough opportunity. Mixon's going to have to get some some looks in the pass game. Yeah. 
and you 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 were you were hoping that Mixon gets some looks in the pass game, and then you're hoping that at the end, yeah, it's just is you're, you're hoping Zach Taylor simplifies the playbook. I don't know what he was trying to accomplish uh, last time we saw Jake Browning out there, Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know why he's trying to treat him like he was like a you know a, just a lesser man Joe Burrow because he's not. He's not even a lesser man Joe Burrow. He's just flat out a backup quarterback. Yeah. So you're hoping Zach Taylor just comes out with a better game plan where it's centered or more so around Joe Mixon, which is what it should be. Uh, but until we actually see it, we don't necessarily have the confidence in it. It should be centered around Joe Mixon and have Jake Browning play off of that rather than the other way around. So we'll have to see if that game plan changes tomorrow. But uh, with Jacksonville, to your point, yeah, Jacksonville should be up in this game. It should be a negative game script. So Mixon's going to have to be involved in the passing game. There was some talk about Chase Brown getting more involved. We'll see if that actually happens or not. Uh, but yeah, I would say, look, do you, is it a possibility? Yes, Z-Money, it's a possibility. I put you at about a 22% chance of these two guys going for 37 points, though. So you're telling me there's a chance. You're telling me there's a chance. Keep the faith, bro. Keep the faith. That's all we need heading to the playoffs. You just got to make the playoffs, baby. And that's what I want you guys to do. And I want you, that's why I want to make sure you guys are following us throughout the week. Make sure you tune back in on Wednesday for our Operation Domination episode. We can preview all of week 14, the last week of the regular season. That'll be on Wednesday night at 9.30 here on our YouTube channel live. Make sure you subscribe, hit the bell notification to get notified whenever we have new content available to you. We'll also be available on our podcast podcast app your favorite podcast app wherever that may be so you can listen to us on the go make sure you follow us on social media at billy up mdff show on x mdff show everywhere else we'll have our waiver wire rankings up and of course me and chase will have our rankings up on billy up fantasy sports.com throughout the week any final notes there chase no i'm i'm still trying to process this whole packer win here because uh yeah uh, there's and their schedule sets up great for the next three weeks yeah yeah yeah, so, yeah. packers getting a win 49ers getting a win you guys hopefully are getting a win we'll see you guys on wednesday night <laughs>